Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 3, Power Broker. So let's get into it with a recap. Unbeknownst to Sam, Bucky orchestrates a prison riot to help Zemo escape, and he agrees to help stop the Flag Smashers. They travel to Madripoor, a criminal sanctuary city island, and meet with high-ranking criminal Selby. She reveals that the power broker hired former Hydra scientist Wilfred Nagel to recreate the super soldier serum. Sam's identity is exposed by a phone call from his sister, Selby is killed, and a bounty is subsequently placed on Sam, Bucky, and Zemo as they escape. Sharon Carter, who has been living as a fugitive, saves them from the bounty hunters and brings them to Nagel's lab. They learn he recreated 20 doses of the serum, which were stolen by the Flag Smashers. Zemo unexpectedly kills Nagel and the lab is destroyed, but Zemo steals a getaway car. Sharon stays behind and Sam agrees to obtain a pardon for her. Walker and Hoskins arrive in Berlin and deduce that Sam and Bucky have helped Zemo escape. While the Flag Smashers raid a GRC storage facility for supplies, Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson travel to Latvia in search of Carly Morgenthau. Bucky recognizes a Wakandan tracking device on the street and comes face to face with Io, a member of the Dora Milaje. Somebody's in trouble. The Wakandas are not very happy that they got Zemo out of jail. That's pretty valid. Yeah, I mean, Bucky has a lot to explain, not just for the circumstance, but like he owes them so much for what they did for him, keeping giving him a sanctuary, helping him get the Hydra shit out of his head. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I, I did this. But hold on, hold on, let me explain, let me explain. But they, they might be able to be like, all right, we'll give you like 15 minutes to like handle your shit before we go in. So handle your shit. I know we're, we're going to lose Zemo pretty soon because he was just too cool of a cat in that last episode. Like he, I almost liked Zemo. Like within the context of just this episode, Zemo was very likable and very enjoyable. And I was like, I'm on team Zemo for that. I would take Helmet Zemo over John Walker any fucking day. I enjoy his villainy more than I enjoy watching evil, annoying Cap, which we got to see as a true asshole in the complete opposite of a Steve in this episode as well. Great value Cap is already losing it. He can't handle the weight of the mantle. You know who I am! Uh, Douchebag. You know what, though? I am really digging Battlestar, though. He's like the moral compass of those two. Yeah, so far, but I'm like, I feel like it was established in the first scene that we got with with Wish Cap that I feel like stuff happened on other missions and the wife is like relying on Battlestar to keep his cool, you know, like, it's like, you remember that time you got angry and killed an entire busload of like children because they offended you in some way and they spit on the flag. So you killed them all and I had to help you cover it up. And then the United States government was like, don't do that again. And then we slapped you on the wrist and then gave you a shield to make up for it. Well, let's not do that again, Cap. Because that's he's the kind of guy who I feel like would do that. And I feel like Battlestar is the guy who was like, let's not do that again. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Try to keep you cool. But pretty sure you're, you're, you're a psychopath. Going back to Zemo for a second, I, I agree with you. I really liked his characterization in this episode. Um, I don't know if it entirely squares with the backstory we got for him in civil war exactly like this him being rich this whole time well his family was rich he could still be military um for the for the for the nationalization of it all you know he could be a true believer in what originally was sokovian military 
And he's like, my country was rich, probably too, to a certain extent. You know, his his people, you know, he was miles away from the city, which was where the poor people lived. He might have lived in the beautiful countryside with mansions and shit. But I don't think that I don't think that country really made it out in one piece, which he discussed, you know, that their neighbors kind of like took everything that was left. So the country doesn't exist anymore, but we don't know what what Sokovia was like for everybody. We only know that one area. So his family could have been rich. He could have just been living in in a in a chateau somewhere, looking over the city, all you know, but still part of the military, you know, because he could, was a true believer of it all. Um, Perhaps, but I I distinctly remember him flying commercial in Civil War. That might have just so he went under the radar. Plus, at that point in time in Civil War, his his uh, his country was destroyed, so he wasn't going to be flying around like as himself. He. I just think there was so much subterfuge in Civil War that him flying coach is is part of the was part of the ruse. I'm not upset by that. I think it all makes sense. It all works. I don't care. I will say I do. I I dig his fashion sense. His fashion sense and his dance moves. Mm-mm-mm. Honestly, that gif of him dancing is going to live rent free in my head for the rest of my life. Yeah, it was just awesome. I I love that whole set. That city was so cyberpunk it it like hit all my wet dreams it, it just it, it went everywhere in my head i'm so happy that they did that that's where wolverine hangs out that's where a lot of x-men do their thing so that city where i'm sure we're going to see a lot more of in the future i hope so because madripoor is like you said just fucking really cool looking i did have one complaint about it though so madripoor is an island in the indonesian archipelago they really could have used more Southeast Asian extras, you know? Yeah, it was all it was all Euro trash for the most part. I, I gathered it was all like it fit very well in the Berlin um, and East Eastern European style of uh, of who they had originally. Yes. OK, that is that is a, a well stated gripe. They should have gotten more Indonesian and Southeast Asian extras for that scene. But this was the high well, even in the low town part of it, they should have had it more. But you would think so, right? Yeah, because I understand high town. Like, all right, no, everyone's white, even here. But low town, they should have had more. Speaking as someone who was in Indonesia like a year and a half ago, yeah, they really failed on Southeast Asian representation in this episode, in my opinion. Other than that, very fucking cool. Yeah, love the scene. Love, I love all of that. Even just Sam being like, what, am I like a pimp? Like all of it. The dialogue between the three of these guys were fucking amazing. And I... Zemo was just so articulate and so intelligent to knock down so much shit coming out of Sam's mouth. It was hilarious. And Bucky, too. He just, I, I love his character. I know he's going to escape. I know he's going to cause trouble. I know he's going to eventually be the more of a villain style in this. But when he's playing the Hannibal Lecter style, I, I love it. I'm there for it. I, I like the three of them as a team. And I, I don't know how long we're going to actually get Zemo. Uh, depending on what happens with the Dora Milaje in this next episode. Yeah, I think we're losing him in the next episode. I think he's not going to be part of their team in the next episode. That's that's my... Because I feel like the way they're doing every chapter is like it, we're getting a theme. Like this featured a little bit of Sharon, but I think she'll be back with a bigger thing that was just... We wanted to get her foot in the door and to show that something was up. Because something is up with Sharon. Like she wasn't playing this just for helping them out. Oh, absolutely. I was, I mean, I 
kind of wonder if she's working for the power broker. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, is she working for the power broker? Is she making sure that things are or are for that? Or either that or she's working for somebody else that's ne- more nefarious. Maybe she's Mephisto. Who fucking knows? But she's she's very upset. She's very angry. And rightfully so. She got screwed. She did get screwed, yeah. Royally by Civil War. And by everybody else. Like, I, nobody got her. No one called her up and been like, hey, why don't we... Uh, like, she could have at least been on the run with the other Avengers. But they didn't bother to pick her up at all. They just left her wherever she was running from. And then the, the blip happened and everyone else totally forgot about her. She's She's been doing her shit for what? Like five, seven years on her own? Yeah, like seven years at this point. Poor girl. Do we think that Sam can even clear her name? Possibly. I mean, as you said, like he got he got Stair Monster a pardon. So, but at this point, he doesn't have any leverage anymore. I think he, you know, before he was under the good graces of like I defeated Thanos and I have the shield. Be nice to me. Now it's like you have the shield and I've been helping people get break out of prison. And fuck, I did it again, didn't I? All right, back to being on the run for 16 years. Yeah, they're really just breaking laws left and right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was Bucky this time who really did it. I love the way he did it. So, so hypothetically, just, 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 just say, let's just say it'd be funny if like in about three, two, one, Zemo walked. Oh, hi, Zemo. What's up, man? I love both of them just yelling at Zemo to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> My apologies. He's just... Zemo is so classy. <laughs> He's so classy. He's refined. He has manners. I love it. I really appreciated Zemo and Bucky's first meeting. Like, I really liked the Hannibal Lecter vibes. I enjoyed Zemo doing the words and kind of fucking with Bucky. He said that something is still there inside Bucky of the Winter Soldier. Do we think that he's right? I think it showed during during the sequence when he was attacking that he doesn't require a lot for him to lose his shit. His instincts are still there to do everything that winter soldier does. I think we saw that in the bar in low town. Um, he's, it requires probably a lot of concentration for him to not be that person anymore. So the more they use him to be that probably the easier it is to go back. You know, it's like an addict and being undercover. It's like, okay, well, now you have to do the drugs with the with the with the assholes now in order to show that you're real. So you do them. So no more recovery, and now you're you're part of that problem again. So we'll see what his continued therapy recovery is like. We didn't get a therapist appointment in this episode, so we don't have a, a way to gauge yet. I feel like the trauma of him having to cosplay Winter Soldier is going to set him back a bit with his therapy. Yeah, that's pretty much what I mean. Like it's in in that in that regard, I think we may have a problem as we go further. But who knows? I mean, the Wakandas are there. They may help him out again after everything is said and done, as long as they get Zemo back, which I don't think they're gonna get Zemo back. So we'll see. No, I think he's gonna take that purple mask and skedaddle. One of the notes I had that I was a little disappointed with and I mean, they didn't have to do it. And it's such a long shot, but like really wanted the scientist not to be the Nagel guy, but to be the, the leader, the scientist from the Incredible Hulk. Big brain guy. Big brain guy. Yeah, I wanted it to be him because I feel like if anyone would have had access to all that stuff because of Banner's research, it would have been him. 
And he already had like the brain alteration thing. So finally figuring out that I feel like that's where we got. So I was kind of disappointed that they didn't just call that guy. So we had some closure with that character and then kill him. Like whatever. Like he's still a side character. It doesn't matter, but at least we would have had closure. Instead, we get this Nagel guy who is channeling Jesse Eisenberg from Batman v Superman. Yeah, that, that stringy long hair really like just dude, just take a shower. You look greasy. I mean, he's living in a shipping container, so, you know. I guess that's fair. Do you think that there's any chance uh, that we'll eventually see the real Smiling Tiger played by Anthony Mackie? I, I I think so. I hope so. I mean, why do that just for the sake of it? Like, why why do that more than just for the gag of just calling him a pin for five seconds? Which, by the way, if I remember correctly, Sam Wilson's character in the comics was a little bit of a of a street guy for a while, dressing like that. So, nice little nice little tie-in joke. But I feel like if you're going to do that, you you're, you might as well go all for it. You better have a plan to bring in Smiling Tiger in that. You bring him back. He's, I mean, he's like a Z-list like villain in the comics. Yeah, but so you're going to use him for like one scene, one joke, one way of, do, you know, like of doing it. And then there'll be like a Sam on Sam fight action, maybe. We'll see. Selby reminded me of like an evil Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, we're assuming that Sharon killed her, right? Yeah, that was my thought. I mean, you know, she knew Selby was dead instantly. Yeah, um, we had the shot of her like in the bar establishing that she was there and then she hit herself. And then the next thing we know, shot fired, Selby dead, and then she's coming to the rescue and she knew Selby was dead. I'm pretty sure she killed Selby. Yeah. So w- what is going on with, with Sharon? Like, That's, that's going to be bigger. I wasn't sussed out by her at all until she gets into that car at the end. And I'm just like, mm. yeah, because at first I was like, oh, she recognized her friends and played and played hero. But now I'm like, no, that after that shot at the end, like, no, there's something else going on there. That's fucking weird. Definitely. I do like her characterization in this episode, though. I really enjoyed that. She is just full on. She's disillusioned by heroes. Like she is like, you, you know, this is bullshit, right? Like. Yeah, she yelled at everybody. She yelled at everybody for it. Like, like I love the fact that who who is it that said was a bucket? Oh, so you're you're awful now. Okay. I I enjoy that she kind of like was like, oh yeah, before you were a psychopath, you were Cap's best friend. You you were simping for the stars and stripes, and he's just like, mm. yep, you're awful now. Okay, that's fine. Poor Bucky. I think Bucky officially put his hat into the Captain America ring at the end of the episode. He was like, I'm going to steal it because it matters to me. You want to destroy it? You know, Sam was being all like, you, you don't understand. Like, maybe they're right. You know, it's like Thor with the whole, am I worthy or all the gods assholes and the Jason Aaron shit. It's, it's, are our heroes worth it in the end? Like, they're all icons. Maybe Zemo is right all along. And maybe I, I shouldn't have given it away. Maybe I should have destroyed it. And Bucky's like, fuck you, man. That's, that, that, give it to me. It matters to me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it because to me, it makes me a better person thinking about it. That icon, Steve, what Steve represents, that represents to me, me being a good person. And I'm going to try. Bucky keeps trying. Sam is kind of just disheartened by the whole process from the government to the the racism, all of it. I think he's just kind of over it all um, with everything that's happened to him since he got back. So that's going to be an interesting conversation to have later on. And I know Bucky is like, he's not going to do anything without, he wants that shield back, essentially. He wants to make sure it's safe and in the right hands. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, Something that I appreciated 
Sam isn't good at espionage. Neither was Steve, actually. So I kind of like that parallel. You know, they're, they're not spies. Neither of them are. They're both soldiers. Yeah, they're good. They're not good at lying. They're good at the action, but they're not good at, like, the subterfuge. They're not at all. I mean, he didn't even put his phone on airplane mode. No, he was not prepared for any of that. It's like, yeah, yeah, we laundered so much money. I'm a big, big bat. Oh, fuck. His sister just calling him out. Oh, I loved it. What did I tell you about those Cheerios? Ugh, everyone's face is Zemo's face during that stuff. It's like, we're so dead. We're dead. Oh, fuck, guys. Amateurs. Maybe it was just me, but did the GRC commercial make you nostalgic for WandaVision? Yeah, it, it really did something to me with the WandaVision shit. Because um, I was I was definitely feeling that uh, triggered and like having weird nostalgia for WandaVision the moment it came on. And also not trusting that company ever again. I told you they're corporate. It's it's government corporation evilness. That commercial was too like. We're here for you. We love you. It is a concept that I think it would probably be necessary to facilitate people getting back to their lives, but I bet you it is probably corrupt and we're going to we're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's corrupt or it's inefficient, fatalistically so, but I'm pretty sure they work so hard to make that so nice because they're so evil. Um and the and the flag smashers even said that you've had resources in there for 6 months. So, you know, for, that would have lasted us 6 months. We need these resources. So there is a fight for these resources. No one's right. I mean, like if the system's corrupt, the Flag Smashers are assholes because the moment you killed someone for it, like they just, she just left people in there. So they're not good people. They're killing people now. They're murdering people. So how how you feeling now about the Flag Smashers? Uh, I think I feel similarly to Carly Morgenthau's boyfriend because he seemed pretty put off by the whole murdering people thing. Yeah, he was like, okay, we're going to go. I'm going to put my seatbelt on. Okay, I'll put my seatbelt <laughs> What did you do? They will learn. It's the only lesson they know. It's the only language they know. I'm like, oh, God. Everyone's evil. Everyone's evil. You know, it's really interesting because I feel like there were some rewrites when it comes to the Flag Smashers because I felt this, like their scenes in this episode just felt kind of disjointed. And I, I don't know what we're supposed to feel about them. I think they're assholes and they need to be stopped and they need to be probably taught a lesson about respecting patients in a situation where nobody's winning. Not one world. We know we deserve resources more than everybody else. I'm sorry. Your, your, your people died. Everyone has dead people. Life sucks. Nothing's perfect. Everyone's trying. There's corrupt systems everywhere. Stop the corruption, but don't be assholes on a terrorist mission giving yourself and whoever you want of 20 vials of superpower serum so you could take back what belongs to you rightfully. Shut the fuck up, you entitled brat. That's how I feel about them. Do you think that the power broker is going to come knocking? Yes, the power broker wants those those serums back. The power broker is definitely pissed off. Um, we don't know who the power broker is yet. Um, there's the theory that it's Armin Zola um, the whole time. So it could be that. But I feel like then we would have had more serum a long time ago because Armin would have figured that shit out. It's If it's not Sharon, and I don't, I don't think it's Zola, do we think it's someone that we've seen and that's why we're just kind of dancing around their identity right now? I, I feel like if it's someone we've seen, that that would be the only reason to dance around it. Like they're keeping it mysterious. But 
as we as we know with WandaVision, it could just be something to keep our attention until they until they're like, oh, it's a reveal. It's nobody you know or care about. Oh, no, it was Agatha. It was Agatha all along. Oh, <laughs> but that that's we'll see what who the power broker is. We need more. We need more information. I I predicted it's I want it to be someone important, obviously. So it all kind of makes sense for all this. Ooh, the power broker. Ooh, ooh. What if it's Ross? That's a possibility. I mean, he was uh, he was trying to recreate super soldiers himself not too long yep. ago. So, and he'd want everything to be. But I feel like he would be keeping it way more under control than than just doing it for capitalistic gain. Ross is is many things, but he's not a a pure capitalist in that sense. Like he's a paranoid nationalistic patriot who like feels like America needs all the power to to take on any enemy, everyone, everywhere, at any time. He would keep that close to the chest. I don't picture him selling that out at any price to anyone who wasn't under his direct command. Yeah, no, I, I think I tend to agree with that. I, I doubt it's him, but if he's involved somehow, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, okay, that's fair. How did you like that uh, Bucky's list is actually the same book as Steve's? It broke my heart. I pictured the scenario like this, like Steve giving him the book to be like, you just got here. You're just becoming like a person again. So here, this helped me have this, you know? And then he did some of the things that are in the book and like he he just isn't feeling it because his journey, his experience is not Steve's. But I, it just was heartbreaking. Like the same thing that Steve used to just catch up with the world is that th- is being used by... Bucky to like because he doesn't feel like he I think has the right to really enjoy the world yet he feels too much guilt too much shame and it's keeping him from enjoying the things that are that Steve left in the book to enjoy I thought it was very sad that it just was the same notebook yeah it was the same exact notebook like- and instead of instead of using it to as like a guide to experience life and kind of get acclimated to the present. He is using it to keep track of his wrongs from the past. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. It's keeping him from doing those things. Those that his wrongs from his past are keeping him from, from enjoying the things that are in that book. So it's, that's the only thing he knows right now. I wonder if by the end of the series, he's going to make amends for, for his friend, for this, for the, for that guy's son he killed. If we'll come back to that. I hope so. I'd like to see Yori again. Did you notice that the bounty was in Bitcoin? Yeah, I noticed that. How do we think that the blip affected Bitcoin prices? Can you imagine being like on the, on the, like the leader in the chain there and then blipping away? Like no one would have access to, to most of the funds that are in there anymore. I imagine that probably destroyed a lot of the, the, that economy. Because the, the the gatekeepers to many of the chains would no longer have access. But I feel like that would make it a more scarce resource, which might actually dry up the price. It could. But the, I mean, but the actual it's like basically it, what would happen if, uh, say, let's just say 50 percent of the money that's in circulation, credit included, suddenly just disappeared. Yes, it would make it more valuable because it's more scarce, thus drive up the price. But the actual industry and systems that it's being used on would crash and burn until things catch up. So Bitcoin might might be stabilized now and thus more powerful than ever. But I imagine when that initially happened, it just destroyed the entire market. 
because no one no one had their their finances anymore it wasn't connected to anything there are people that were missing from the chain the thing that i think is incredible is when that that was written bitcoin was probably only worth like under 10,000 so that wasn't that big of a bounty but now it's like a 60 million dollar bounty if we're going by bitcoin bitcoin prices currently but it, you know it totally makes sense that an off the grid pirate safe haven like madripoor would be given out bounties in bitcoin of course because that's that's the best way you can do your anonymous shit and as much as you can it's just done in, on the net that it made perfect sense for that bounty to be that uh, the writer for this episode and for the next episode is Derek Kolstad, and he is the creator of the John Wick franchise. So, if you were feeling some John Wick vibes this episode, yo, definitely with, the, with all the with the fight sequences we got, so much John Wick there. Just Sharon Carter, the bar scene, like, oh my god, there was so much. It was beautiful choreography. It just was so fun to watch. And every time you expect you you expected Zemo to kind of leave and run off, he kept coming back and helping our boys. So it's it, it's weird. Like, I like them as a team, and he is behaving. Minus putting a bullet in Nagel's head. Well, he, but that's his thing. Like, he's trying to destroy any potential serum. He doesn't want that. He wants to destroy all superheroes. I think the idea, I don't think he's ever going to, like, harm Sam, because Sam just has some tech and not, he doesn't have the super soldier serum in him. Bucky, though, does, has a variation of it. So he, Bucky might be on the chopping block at some point in Zemo's head when, when he finally kills everything else. Bucky will be the last one to kill. Yeah, I don't see that going Zemo's way. No, obviously. But that's why we'll have, you know, maybe maybe many more seasons or many more movies. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. I would love a second season of this. Yeah, it's well done. It all depends on where the story ends and what happens next in the universe. They'll just brand another series under a different name, depending on what happens. Captain America and the White Wolf. Yeah, that would be really fucking cool. Listening to the music in this episode was Henry Jackman at his best combining Zemo's theme and uh the Winter Soldier theme during that during the uh the low the the low town fight was fucking amazing I love hearing because my favorite one of my favorite scores in all of Marvel so far is the Winter Soldier Henry Jackman with that score was to me a masterpiece in cinematic scores and to hear so much of that music coming back in this series warms the cockles of my heart. So hearing it, the way he arranged both themes during the fight sequence, the show like Zemo controlling elements of Winter Soldier again, it just was so oh, amazing. The score file in me was blissful in this episode. I totally agree. It took me straight back to Winter Soldier and Civil War. Exactly. And like Christoph Beck did a great job with WandaVision. There's such a, a whimsical beauty Americana almost in it. And it, it you know, it, it, it reminded me so much of the music he did for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it, it, it worked within that zone because like I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer rep- represented a lot of Americana, suburbia, things like that. So it just brought you home. And Henry Jackson's music, like you said, it just brings you back to Civil War and Winter Soldier and that espionage kind of state, you know, like enemy of the state kind of films. And it, it just was so, so beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy that this series exists. And we're already halfway through. So would you would you have would you try the snake organ drink? Would you do it? I listen, I wouldn't order it. 
But if I was undercover as someone and I had to drink it, I'd take it. I wonder what that tastes like. God, can you imagine it going down? That must be that must be a weird texture. I prefer my shots not chunky generally. Mm-hmm. I wonder what what the base was. Did you happen to notice the base of that drink? It looked like rum or whiskey. It was a brown liquor. Could have also been brown tequila. You know what? I feel like snake and tequila probably goes together pretty well. Probably definitely does. If it's, if it's good enough for the scorpions. Ugh. No, I'll have whatever Zemo had. Yeah, Zemo, he was always just drinking the champagne. He was loving the champagne. He's a barren man. Yeah, no, it showed. It showed. Again, he's, he's a man of class, a man of taste, a man of refined, refined intelligence. His, the way he talked about the trouble man's scums and Sam's just looked like out of line, but totally right. <laughs> yeah, Zemo's kind of a woke supervillain. He is. I, I, I love him. I, I really hope we get a little bit more. Even after he turns against our heroes, I hope we still have him as the banter is still perfectly fine. And he's just has this weird superiority over everyone. Sam keeps saying that he's going back to jail, but I don't think Zemo's going back to jail. Yeah, I don't think Zemo's going back to jail either. Basically, it's like if we're never going to see these characters again, or if they have an idea for Zemo in a film somewhere down the line, whatever that is, we're going to end up with. So whether they're going to get most of him back in jail and then he's just going to break out again. And like Zemo's character is always forever going to be in jail one minute and out the next whenever they need him for the storyline. But yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going back to jail. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at InfinityCast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.